Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Well, tell your neighbor, I will not be shaken, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. If you have your Bible... Just hold it up for just a second. Just hold it in your hand. Even if you, even if you do it on your phone, you do it on your, your iPad. What we're trying to do is we're trying to make everybody who didn't bring a Bible feel real guilty. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I use, I use my, my iPad. I've done so for years now. Just hold your Bible. You know, when you got a Bible, you have the answer to every question you have. When you have a Bible, I remember, I remember when I was in uh, when I was in college, I was, I was so plagued with nightmares that, I mean plagued with nightmares, that sometimes the only way I could sleep, I'd just sleep, had a big old Thompson chain reference King James Bible. It was about that thick, about that big, weighed about 476 pounds, praise the Lord. And I'd just put that sucker on my chest and I'd go to sleep just like this, is God's honest truth. I'd go to sleep saying, Jesus, Jesus. And that was the only way I could sleep. And then... Uh, something broke, praise the Lord. I've never had a nightmare since. Come on, somebody give God a big mighty hand clap. But the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, praise the Lord. So when you have the Bible, you have the answer, even if you don't know what it is, you have the answer. Open your Bible to the book of Nehemiah, chapter number one. I'm gonna teach this morning, not too long, but hopefully very good. Because I want you to go to new levels in God. Everybody say new levels. And there are some things in God that we only get to by doing what God said to do. In other words, we do what God said and God does what he said he will do. Does that make sense? He is not a man that he should lie. In other words, whenever he begins to give us a direction, he will do what he said. But oftentimes, he's looking for us to do what he instructed us to do. Amen? Everybody say think big. So we're going to think big all the way to the end of 2017 and beyond. We're going to think big. We're going to believe God to do what he said he would do at a very high level. But there are certain things in God that you will only access or you will only experience if you do what he said do. And I'm going to give you some of the strongest, most powerful opportunities to see God manifest in your life that are available through God's word. And the keys are found, get this, in prayer and fasting. Prayer, everybody say prayer, prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. You could go to 20 churches today and you might not hear one person mention prayer and you might not hear anybody uh, mention fasting. I'm not saying they're wrong. It's just for whatever reason, prayer and fasting is a topic that's not oftentimes discussed anymore. And the reason it's not discussed is because if the devil can stop you from doing anything, he wants to stop you from praying. And if he really wants to stop you from seeing God move in your life, he wants to stop you from praying and fasting because prayer and fasting does several things in your life. I'm about 
to show you a few of them right now. This man, Nehemiah, he had arrived. He was a cupbearer for a king, and he had the, the best insurance policy, he had the best job, everything was nice and secure. He had a beautiful brick house with a white picket fence, and his life was just as stable as you could ever imagine. But one day he heard about his homeland, Jerusalem, and he heard that Jerusalem had been overthrown and all the, ta- all the walls of Jerusalem had been torn down and the, the gates of the city had been burned and everybody that was there had been scattered and they were totally afflicted and they were living in great reproach. And the Bible says that a messenger comes and says to Nehemiah, he says, the remnant, verse 3, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province and the great, are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates have been burned with fire. Verse 4, and it came to pass when I heard these things, this is Nehemiah, that I sat down and wept. And I mourned certain days and fasted and then I prayed before the God of heaven. Prayer and fasting is an outlandish key to you reaching the next level in God, the next level in your life, uh, for you to succeed in the next season of your life. But prayer and fasting does several things. Number one, let me kind of give you a picture of what, what fasting is. Fasting is setting something aside that you really want. In other words, if you think fasting, if you say, you know what, I'm going to fast this week too. I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to eat any broccoli all week long. Praise the Lord. I'm just not going to do it. You know, just no way. I'm not, I'm not having any broccoli. Which reminds me, my children, I remember earlier this year, or last year, we were in the middle of a fast and they noticed that we were fasting. So they asked questions and we were explaining to them. They said, well, daddy, we want to fast too. I said, well, what do you want to fast? And Trinity, our six-year-old, she said, I'm going to fast vegetables. And I said, well, I don't. Know if that's fasting, but praise the Lord. And then my 11 year old Haley, she's real holy. She goes, I'm going to fast all sugar. And I said, Well, that's a really big one, Haley. She goes, Accept ice cream and accept cake. And I was like, Now, wait a minute. She goes, Well, Dad, I got a birthday party to go to. What do you want me to do? I said, Well, got to start somewhere. Praise the Lord. But fasting in the Bible, there's only a few places where we see even a reference to fasting that is not food. Now, a fast does not have to be fasting food or doing without food or a certain type of food for a season or a time, but almost exclusively in the Bible, fasting is a food scenario. Uh, The reason is, is because you and I have to have some food, but praise the Lord, most of us eat a little bit more than we have to have. You see what I'm saying? And what happens is your flesh, your 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 uh, carnal side gets so accustomed to telling you when to eat and what to eat that we don't even realize we're listening to our flesh. So what fasting does is fasting puts our flesh back in the position that it's supposed to be in, which is working for our spirit man and in line with what God would have, uh, with what God would have us do. So fasting almost exclusively in the Bible is doing without food or some type of food for a certain amount of time. There's some other references, like when you're married, you can go without uh, uh, being together for a certain amount of time. But even in that, uh, the the husband and wife need to be in complete agreement with that, uh, which I'm going to teach a great series in February. Crystal and I are already working on it, and we're actually going to uh, do a couple of tandem sermons where we're both up here, and we're going to teach on 
uh, the role of a husband and the role of a wife with regards to the Holy Scripture. What does it say about marriage? What does it say about being married? How do you, uh, why should you get married? What does it mean when you are married? And then um, uh, one service, we're actually going to have a PG-13 sermon. So we're not going to have any children in this room when we talk and we're going to pull the veil back and we're going to discuss what God says about marriage and how there, there, there are things that tie so closely together to the things of God in a marriage that if we will maintain them, then we can see God move in every area. But at the same time, if we don't uh, uh, learn what the scripture says, then the Bible says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. So uh, we're going to have a PG, I feel red-faced just saying it. We're going to have a PG-13 sermon. It's going to be very interesting. We'll let you know when that's going to happen. But number one, here's what prayer and fasting will do. Number one, prayer and fasting recalibrates your priorities. Prayer and fasting totally recalibrates your priorities. Because believe it or not, you do not have to have a Starbucks every morning by 10 a.m., I know how it feels, but you do not. You don't have to eat pizza at least once a week, at least once a week in order to feel fulfilled. You don't have to have a, a, a donut, unless it's a Krispy Kreme, praise the Lord. You don't have to have a donut every week in order to feel fulfilled. Now, what's going to happen, I want you to understand, when you fast, I do not want you to be surprised, your flesh is going to scream at you. And if it is not screaming at you, I'm not sure you're really fasting because a, flat, a, a, a fast is designed to crucify the flesh. It is designed to put the flesh back in the position that the flesh is supposed to be in, which is subject to your spirit man, which is in total agreement with God already, which is totally agreeing with what God's word says. It is your carnal mind, it is your flesh that is trying to argue with God. But when you begin to deny your flesh what your flesh is screaming for, for your flesh begins to understand that it's not in charge. So when we fast, you have to be ready. Your flesh is going to scream at you. Now, if you want to fast uh, television or, or internet or, or Facebook, some of y'all just got cold chills when I said Facebook. I saw it. <laughs> A burning bush would have to tell me that, preacher. <laughs> tell you what. But when you fast, your flesh will scream at you. And look, that's okay. Look at your neighbor, just say, that's okay. That's okay. Look at your second choice neighbor, tell them, that's okay. <laughs> look. When your flesh is screaming, your spirit's getting stronger. When your flesh is screaming, your spirit's getting stronger. Something is being... Anything that you feed will grow, and anything you starve will die. So the, the first and one of the most powerful things that prayer and fasting does is it recalibrates our priorities. This man, he was, he was just living his life... He had the best job that he ever wanted. He, he, he had the king's ear. He had everything he wanted. And then all of a sudden, his heart was broken for what God's heart is broken for. See, prayer and fasting, when you begin to pray and you begin to fast, sometimes you can't even remember what you were mad about. And you begin to have ideas like this. You know what? I'm just going to let the politicians argue about that. I'll vote when it's time for me to vote. But I'm going to get real good at loving people and pointing them to Christ. I'm going to get real good at loving people 
and pointing them to Christ in my daily life. I'm not going to spend my life bitter and offended because when you pray and you fast, your, your priorities, they start to just get, they start to get recalibrated. They start to get repositioned. They start to get put back in line with God's word. So Nehemiah, the Bible says that uh, he's praying and he's fasting. And all of a sudden, not only do, does his heart break for what God's heart break for, all of a sudden he begins to get a call on his life. He begins to get a calling on his life that this is not a problem, this is his problem. Have you ever had that thought? Somebody should do something about that. And God's sitting up there going, well, you look like somebody. (laughs) So prayer and fasting, number one, it will recalibrate what's important to you. And number two, it will unlock your calling. Prayer and fasting will unlock your calling. Almost every time the, the, the disciples would go from one place to another, they would, they would first pray and fast before they would go because they needed their calling unlocked. Peter, the Bible says, he was, he was fasting and, and, and he had a vision one time and it unlocked his calling to go and witness to the Gentiles, those that were not of the Jewish faith already. Prayer and, prayer and fasting unlocks the call of God on your life. What's the call of God? Simply put, it's the role that God has called you to play in an area or in your entire life. Sometimes you have a role that's a part of a a body like at New Heights Church. You have a role that's a part of a body. This morning I drove in uh, early as I I typically do on Sunday morning. And and I look out there and and, and, uh, one of the, the head parking, uh, the, that's over all of our parking is out there just picking up little pieces of paper. In the, in the grass. I couldn't even see the piece of paper. He's just picking them up out of there. And I said, man, what a blessing. Somebody loves the house of God that much to not even allow a little piece of paper. Because I get that way. If I walk out and I don't mind anybody uh, doing anything, but we were, we were here at Thanksgiving and I, I drove out. Some of my family wanted to see the church, so we drove out. And I drove down and I came by. And, and all of a sudden, I got my wife. We have a, a Yukon. And I drove the car in the ditch. And everybody's going, whoa, because the truck was full. So what's that? I get out because there was a whiskey bottle laying in the grass of the church. Now, I'm not mad at anybody. I want them to get saved and everything else. But I don't want a whiskey bottle laying on God's property. Come on, somebody give God a hand of praise. If we're just going to believe God that we're going to fulfill our role, even if it's as small as picking up a piece of, seemingly as small as picking up a little piece of paper or stopping and driving your big car in the ditch to pick up a whiskey bottle. The only thing I was concerned about is what if I get stopped right now? (laughs) Because that was still a little bit left in it. (laughs) There's something about when you pray and you fast, God will unlock your calling. So when you pray and you fast, like, like right now, next Sunday is our sacred Sunday. That's whenever we have been thinking big now for two months. We've been asking God, what role would you have us to play? And that's why uh, for this week, we're all going to pray and we're going to fast and we're going to see what role God would you have us to play in giving towards the growth of New Heights Church in 2018. Because 2018, what's going to happen is our ceiling that we have experienced in the past is going to become our floor and we are going to see God move in greater ways in 2018 than we've seen in the history of our church. And the way it happens is, uh, just like the book of Proverbs said, when we make it happen for others, God makes it happen for us. But prayer and fasting will unlock, will unlock your calling. 
Here's another uh, key you can point out right there. And this is, we, we kind of say this uh, every now and then, but it's really important. It's not all about you. When God gives you a calling, you're going to find out it's not all about you. Now, I understand 2017 Christianity, uh, there's a significant part of it that is very consumer-driven, meaning we just try to see what we can get from God, when the reality is God's up there saying, I'll give you everything you want if you will seek my kingdom first. You see what I'm saying? Therefore, we have to get to the understanding it's not all about you. So when God looks down and you begin to pray and fast and you begin to open yourself up, your flesh gets out of the way, your spirit becomes more in tune with what God's saying, all of a sudden, let me tell you what's going to happen. He's going to break your heart for somebody that nobody else is ministering to. He's going to make you so sensitive to the things of God that all of a sudden you can't help but live for Him. You can't help but serve Him. And that's why the devil fights so hard for anybody to understand the power, everybody say power, the power of prayer and fasting. Because prayer and fasting not only will recalibrate uh, uh, your priorities, prayer and fasting will unlock your calling. What does God have for me to do? If you want to know, pray and fast. What does God have for me to do this week? Pray and fast. What what role does God have for me to do at this church? Pray and fast. What role does God have for me to do as we're giving towards growth? Pray and fast. What role does God have for me to do in my business? Pray and fast. What role does God have for me to do in my family? Pray and fast. When you pray and you fast, when you put that one-two punch together in the spirit, everything begins to shift and your calling is unlocked in the heavens. Don't you remember whenever Peter... He changed an entire people, and you and I are thankful for that today. And it came out of prayer and fasting. Open your Bible now to Mark chapter 9. We're going to hit a couple more. Mark chapter 9. There's a boy, young man, and he's very, he's very uh, demon-possessed. And, and he, 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 he couldn't speak, and he would foam at the mouth, and the devil would make him jump in the fire. And it was just a crazy, crazy situation. And all the disciples tried to cast the devil out of this guy. Mark chapter 9. All the disciples tried to cast the devil out of this guy. And and the devil wouldn't come out. But the Bible says that Jesus showed up. And the devil was cast out. And and the boy felt like he was dead. And everybody was like, oh man, what just happened? But the boy was fine. Jesus had just cast the devil out of him. The Jesus, the Bible said, took him by the hand, lifted him up. And the boy was all in his right mind. Verse 28. And when Jesus came into the house, his disciples asked him, privately why could not we cast him out and he said unto them this kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting if you want the devil out of your life pray and fast if you want the devil to leave your kids alone pray and and fast. If you want to see the devil run in terror from you, your family, and what you put your hand to, pray and fast. Because number three, prayer and fasting drives the devil out of your life. Drives the devil out of your... This is why he fights us so hard on it. This is why when you decide to pray, the moment you sit down to pray, you're going to remember that you need to get your oil changed. The moment you sit down to pray, you're going to remember, oh man, I forgot to get eggs at the store and we're going to have eggs in the morning. 
The moment you sit down to pray, the 10 things that you were supposed to do that you didn't do are going to come to your mind because the devil is constantly throwing little darts trying to see, can I just keep them from praying? Because if I can keep them from praying, I know I can keep them uh, 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 continuing to paddle in a circle instead of actually getting somewhere. But if you can pray and you can fast, now all of a sudden the devil, he has no choice. How do I know this? Jesus just said it. In your Bible, these are red letters. He said, these don't come out except by prayer and fasting. Everybody say prayer Prayer. and fasting. Prayer and fasting. It's, It's a fundamental Christian doctrine that cannot be set aside by the modern day church or the modern day church will lose the power of the original church. The original church was not a church that was scared of the devil. The devil was terrified of the original church. But if we don't pray and we don't fast, now all of a sudden there are devils that won't move. How do I know that? Jesus said there are some. They will not come out unless you pray and you fast. Prayer and fasting drives the devil out of your family. Drives the devil out of your mind. Drives the devil out of your car. Drives the devil out of your home. Drives the devil out of your business. Drives the devil out of those areas in your life that you don't tell anybody about. It's just you. Well, how do I get rid of that? You pray and you fast. You pray. How long do I do it? Until he's gone. Well, how long's too long? Well, the Bible says in the book of Daniel, chapter number 10, that Daniel, he, he, he was uh, praying and he saw a vision one time and he didn't quite understand it. So uh, the Bible says that he began to pray and he began to fast. And when he did, uh, he ended up fasting for 21 days. And let me tell you what he fasted. He fasted sweets. Everybody say, oh, me. He fasted bread. Everybody say, ouch. (laughs) And he fasted meat. And all you men just said, he did what? (laughs) Hold on a minute. You just just canceled my whole diet. (laughs) He didn't eat any bread, he didn't eat any sweets, he didn't eat any meat. We call it the Daniel fast. And the Bible says that he fasted for three weeks. Some people say 21 days, the scripture references might be a little longer than that, but he fasted for three weeks for sure. And the Bible says that an angel showed up with the answer to the prayer. And what's very interesting is when the angel showed up with the answer to the prayer, the angel said, here's here's the deal, Dan. He said, when you first asked I was dispatched and I was headed your direction. But the devil met me and he began to war against me. And I thought I had him for a minute, but then I realized I needed some reinforcements. So I called Michael. Michael's an archangel that the devil is terrified of. And Michael came and he thumped the devil, put him in his place. And now all of a sudden the angel was able to deliver the message to Daniel. And he says to him, he says, he says, I was met by the prince of the power of the air, the enemy. And the reality is this, when you pray, And when you fast, it ensures that heaven's answer will reach you. When you pray and when you fast. Because what happens is, we're in 2017, we're in the Chick-fil-A society. Praise the name of the living God. You know what I'm saying? Where we pull up to the first thing, we say, give me a chicken sandwich. We get to the first window, we throw our credit card at them. We get to the next window and the bag is hanging out the window and we drive by. And they're sitting there going, my pleasure. 
So when we pray, we're like, well, hey, Lord, I'm asking you for this. And all of a sudden, we wait about 32 seconds and we go, well, I don't have it yet. Heaven must be closed. The reality is, is from the moment you ask God, the answer was dispatched. But there's still a devil that's trying to keep you from getting from heaven what God's trying to get to you. So prayer and fasting is the key to getting heaven's answers delivered to your doorstep. That means for, for your kids and your, your uh, family members that are far from God, you've done everything you could do. You've talked to them. You've asked them. You've, you believe God. You've prayed. You've done everything. When you pray and you fast, the devil cannot stop what heaven is sending your way. We've just got to get back to the basics of what the Bible says and we'll begin to basically see what the Bible says we can see. Somebody give God a hand of praise in the house. Number one, when you pray and you fast, it recalibrates your thought process. It recalibrates your priorities. Number two, it will unlock your calling. It will unlock, it's like a key. It'll just unlock your calling. All of a sudden, what was not clear is all of a sudden clear. What'll happen is it'll, it'll shift from this. Maybe I should do this till you begin, you, begin to, you begin to think and talk like this. I can't go to heaven and not have done that. I can't go to heaven and have not accomplished that. Unless the Lord comes early, I'm going to work on that thing. Your calling begins to be released. And then he does something real powerful. He'll begin to put things in your heart and they'll always stretch you. What in the world? Nehemiah, all he is is a cupbearer. And God says, go rebuild the walls of an entire city. God begins to stretch him as he prays and he fasts. Number three. It drives the devil out of your life. The devil is a dog. He's a, he's a dog. He's rotten. He's weak. He's defeated. But he screams like a roaring lion. And that's why he gives everybody the heebie-jeebies. But he's just a little dog. He's just a little yapping dog. He's under your foot. He's not even a, he's not even a threat to you. But whenever we begin to pray and fast... Now all of heaven begins to move to drive out what we've been telling to go. Prayer and fasting drives the devil out of your life. You want to see God move in your family? Start praying and fasting. You want want to see the hand of God move in your family? Just pray and fast. Well, well... What if nobody wants to fast with me? God didn't call you to live their life. Prayer and fasting will drive the devil out of your life. And you'll begin, look, what happens is you begin to get more in tune with what God's saying and his voice sounds louder. And then all of a sudden you you begin to repeat what your father in heaven says. And then the devil's really freaked out. He doesn't know how to act around you. Because you're just saying what, what your father says. Well, I don't know about that. Well, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, the only thing I say is what I, what I heard my father say. You could, you could just quote scripture all day long. You could just quote scripture all day long. And the devil wouldn't know if it was you or Jesus talking. Because the Bible says when you're born again and baptized, you're clothed in Christ. You're placed on the inside of Christ Jesus. When you say, you know how we always pray, we say, in the name of Jesus. The reason we're doing that is because he has given us the authority to use his name. 
So when we say that, it's as if Jesus is talking himself. Oh, how does that work? Well, if you got a kid and you give him your credit card and you say, here, go in the store and buy this, they're buying it, but they're doing it on your authority. You see what I'm saying? You're going to pay the, you're going to pay the bill. Jesus paid our debt and we're just going on his authority. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everything just, in the name of Jesus. You say that and devils just scream. They can't stand when you say Jesus. They can't stand when you say Jesus. When you, when you, when you stub your toe or you kick a chair when you're walking by and you, you don't break your toe. Say, thank you, Jesus. That could have been an emergency room visit, but instead it's nothing because you've given your angels charge over me lest I dash my foot against the stone. You begin to say what God said and then you begin to see what God said we can see. I remember one time my, my little boy, is, if you have children, you know there's near-death experiences in your history. My little boy, he was four or five years old and walking down some stairs at the house. And, and he looks like he was poured into a pair of cowboy boots when he was born, okay? So he just gets up in the morning, he brushes his teeth and puts on cowboy boots. That's his M.O. And he tucks his pants in them. He doesn't, he doesn't you know, he wants everybody to know they're cowboy boots. Praise God. And he's walking down the stairs at the house. And he hangs the heel on one of those boots on, on, on one of the stairs, wooden stairs, beautiful staircase. One of the stairs. And he falls head first, and he's in front of me, and I can't reach him. And the only thing I can say is, Jesus! And he folds up backwards like a scorpion. And, and, and rolls up on the bottom of the stairs. I mean, went down hard. And I jumped two or three stairs at a time, and I got to the bottom. I said, are you okay? He said, oh, yes, sir, Jesus caught me. I said, Jesus caught you? He said, yes, sir. He said, that would have hurt. He said, but he grabbed me. I said, stop right here. Jesus, thank you for keeping my son from dashing his foot against a stone. You, you see, when you say what God said, when you say the name of Jesus, everything begins to shift. So when you pray, you pray in the name of Jesus. And then if you want to supercharge it, you fast. You deny your flesh. You say, you know what? I'm just not going to have lunch this week. Or I'm not going to eat while the sun's up. Or, or I'm, you know, some of you might want to do a full fast. You might just want to go liquids. Whatever. That's between you and God. Maybe you've never fasted before. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Because you're about to touch heaven. You're about to see the hand of God move in your life. Maybe you've never, maybe you've never prayed and fasted. If you'll fast, God will speak to you. If you'll fast, he'll unlock your calling. He'll recalibrate your priorities. He'll drive the devil out of your life. And he will make sure heaven gets the message that heaven is trying to get to you. The Bible says Daniel prayed for three weeks. I don't know about you. I've been believing God for some things I haven't seen yet. I'm believing this week as we pray and we fast. I'm going to have that answer delivered. I'm agreeing with you that what you're believing God for. Maybe in a relationship. Maybe a, a family member. Maybe in your job. Maybe you're just trying to figure out, Lord, what would you really have me to do? 
What, what, do you have a new career for me? Do you have a new idea? Should I go back to college? Should I not go back to college? Should I, should I take this job? Should I not take this job? One of the greatest things we can ever figure out is to de- decipher the difference between an opportunity and a temptation. A lot of times I hear this. God told me to do this. And six months later, somebody's telling me, well, we're, we're going to do this other thing now. You told me God said do this. Did he say do that? Well, I don't know. Well, praise the Lord, I'd do what he said. Because when you can decipher the difference between opportunity and temptation, now the devil's hands are completely tied. How do I do it? You pray and you fast. Because it unlocks your calling on your life. And what is hard to see becomes clear. I have to go to Jerusalem. I have to rebuild the walls. I have to make sure that the people are safe. I have to do it. Nehemiah came to this through praying and fasting. So this week, I'm going to ask you three keys. Ushers, go ahead and pass those uh, bulletins out, those, those, excuse me, those packets out. This week, I want you to pray and fast. How, how do I, with regards to fasting, this. Pick something that's important. Don't be like, you know, I'm fasting Brussels sprouts Tuesday from 9 to 10, okay? That's not really fasting. Set something aside. Set something aside that'll cost you something. See what God won't do in your life. Then pray. Pastor, how do I pray? I'm going to give you the secret right now. You set an appointment. You set an appointment with God. Every other thing in your life that's important that you do, you set an appointment. If you want to go to the dentist, you set an appointment. You want to go see the doctor, you set an appointment. You want to go see an attorney, you set an appointment. You want to go get your hair done, you set an appointment. You want to get your nails fixed, you set an appointment. Everything that's of any consequence and importance in our life, we set an appointment. And that is the key to a prayer life, is setting an appointment with God and keeping it. The best way that I've found is to set two or three per day. In case something comes up where you can't make the first one, you can't make the second one, and then you make sure that that third one is like 11 o'clock at night so there's nothing that could get in the way of your prayer life. Everything that we ever do, that's beautiful right there. Everything that we ever do that's of any consequence has an appointment. If you want to pray and you want a real prayer life, you set an appointment with God and then you keep it. Well, how do I pray? Well, it starts like this. You want to begin with some thanksgiving and some praise. God, you're so big. You're so strong. You're bigger than everything that that I know of. I just thank you for everything you've done in my life. Then you want to make sure uh, that you're you're, uh, repenting of anything that you've done or thought or whatever. And if you're saved, you're you're not hanging over hell's fire or anything like that. You're just making sure that the Lord knows, hey, I'm not trying to run in a direction that's opposite of you. I'm trying to run towards you. So thank you, God, for my family, my friends, my home, my house. Thank you, God, for, you know, my church, my, 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 the, the blessings in my life. Thank you for my health. Thank you that I'm getting better every day. I praise your name. You're the head, not the tail. You've made me the head, not the tail. You're overwhelmingly strong. God, if I failed you in any way, I repent. If you know anything specific, go ahead and tell him what that is. And then you begin to pray and you begin to plead with God on the behalf of somebody else. Why? Because what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. So this week, I'm asking you to pray about three different things. Number one, I'd love for you to write this down. Number one, this is a real honest moment. 
What are the areas in your life where God is trying to take you to a higher level? In other words, when you ask God, say, is there anything in my life that that displeases you, Lord? But you better be ready because he's going to answer you. He'll do it lovingly. But if you're a grouch, he might say, hey, that grumpy attitude is affecting your witness. Hey, I don't like it how you always have a problem. That's kind of an offended lifestyle. Hey, I don't like it how you're always complaining. That's not how my people are supposed to talk. And he's going to say all this in love. But when you ask him, what are those areas? Because every area that goes to a new level, let me just tell you something. When you go to a new level, something else has to die. You go up to a mountain, there's a certain level where the animals stop existing. You go a little higher, snakes don't even live there. You go a little higher, the grass thins out. You go a little higher, the trees stop growing. And before you know it, you get to the top and it's just, it's just dirt and rock. What are you made of? You're made of dirt. Who is he? He is the rock of our salvation. There are new levels in God. And the only way you get there is something else has to die. Well, how do we know what needs to die? The flesh needs to die. Crucify the flesh daily. How do I crucify the flesh? Prayer and fasting. That sounds old-fashioned, I know. <laughs> Some of you guys won't even turn on a modern radio station. You like the old stuff. Look, we're just going to the basics here. We're just reading the Bible. Prayer and fasting. So first thing we're going to ask, God, what area of my life are you trying to take me to a new level in a relationship with my attitude? Is there something that I do or don't do that, that, that you would like me to change? And then change it. Number two, I want you to ask God for something very big in your life. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe you're ready to be married and you haven't met your spouse yet. I agree with you in Jesus' name. Maybe maybe you're believing God for a new business idea or an opportunity or a new job, new career, promotion, completely new industry, I don't know, but something big. Maybe your marriage isn't as strong as it, as it once was or maybe it's, if you're real honest, it's never been strong at all and you're just going, for real, Lord, would you do this for me now? And I believe as we join together Sacred Sunday after praying and fasting, committed to doing for others what they can't do for themselves, making happen for them what only God can do for us. I believe we'll see God move in our life. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, a something in your health. Maybe, maybe you've gotten a report before and we're all believing God for healing with you, but you know if you changed a couple of different habits, it would be better for your health. Sometimes... Sometimes we don't just need God to do something for us. Sometimes he needs to, we need to ask him to change our appetite. Not, not, not just naturally. I mean our appetite. What moves us. You see, whenever he replaces that hard stony heart with a, with a nice soft malleable heart that he can move, all of a sudden your desires naturally or supernaturally begin to line up with his desires. So number one, we're asking God, what area of my life, for real, Lord, 
What area of my life are you trying to take me to to new levels? Is it in my worship? Have my children ever seen me worship? Is it in my prayer life? Have my children ever seen me pray? Is it in my Bible study? Have my children ever seen me read the Bible? Have I ever read them the Christmas story? I'm not here pointing fingers. I'm saying this is how we go to new levels. And we pray and we fast. And the Bible says he'll make it plain. Number two, ask him for something in your family. Maybe you're believing God for a new house. I'm believing God with you for a new house. Maybe you're believing God for something to change in your family that that you wouldn't even want to give words to in front of anybody else. I'm believing God with you. In the name of Jesus. Number three. I'm asking you to ask God what role would he have you and your family play in the growth of this great church in 2018 as next week we all get together, think big, and we give towards growth. We're going to expand our team in 2018. We're going to begin to reach out into the youth and and college age at a higher level. We all know we need new facilities. Praise the Lord. We're going to believe God in that area. We're going to believe God that the 2,000 people that have been born again so far in 2017 is going to look like a drop in the bucket in 2018. I'm believing God for 10,000 in 2018. I'm believing God that we're not going to be able to deny the power and the presence of God. That He's going to move so strong and so fast. One of my great friends recently was completely healed of diabetes the doctor said you're not even a diabetic anymore don't even worry about it come on give God a hand of praise I'm believing God that's going to be the standard I'm believing God that that we're going to bring people who are sick and infirmed into the presence of God and the presence of God is going to do what only he can do he's going to heal them praise the Lord so the question is we want to go to the Lord in prayer and fasting we'll say what role would you have me play but if he says I want you to rebuild the walls of the city in a place that only uh, God calls His own, Jerusalem. Listen, what that's saying to you and me is when we get serious and we pray and we fast, God's going to stretch us. Crystal and I are praying about it already. Lord, what role would you... We do this every year at the end of the year, long before we were pastors, seeding into our next year. But, But now we're saying, Lord, what would you have us do? We were doing this before we saw a move in this area. Now, things are moving and shifting. So I'm asking you, Lord, what area of my life would you like to take me to another level? What, Lord, would you like for me to do away with so that I can be closer to you? Number two, Lord, for my family. I'm believing that 2018 is going to be the greatest year of whatever you're believing God for. Maybe it's your marriage, relationship, business, career, education. And then lastly, but not least, Lord, what role would you have me play? If you could say that New Heights Church has been a blessing to you, what role, Lord, would you have me play as we seed into our future? As we commit together to love people, come on somebody, and point them to Christ. Give God a mighty hand of praise.
stand to your feet, please. That packet you have, it's got an offering envelope. That's for you to pray over all week. And then also, uh, there's some stats and figures in there so you can kind of see. I think those are as of October or November. Um, But there's some stats there you can look at so you can see, you know, hey, this is what has happened. And we want to see God do even more. So we're just believing God for more on every level. Don't forget next week. Uh, Next Monday, we're having our wonderful Christmas party at Santa's Wonderland for all of our First Touch team. That's going to be a great time. If you actively serve, we're ready to celebrate you and celebrate with you, those who have helped pull the wagon all year long. Also, uh, thank you so much for partnering with us as we partnered with SOS Ministries to provide uh, gifts for their annual Angel Tree Project. As a matter of fact, the Ramirez are here today. Can y'all give them a great big we love you? Thank you for letting us partner with you. Powerful ministers doing powerful things in the Brazos Valley. Uh, But then also, next week, don't forget, we're going to have a special offering that day. And Crystal and I, Pastor Crystal and I, we're going to stand right here at the front. And whenever you come and you place your offering that seed into the next year, we're going to stand right there with you and we're going to grab hands. We're going to hug our, each other's necks and we're going to believe God with you at the highest level that we know how to do. That something is going to happen in your family that only God could do. Somebody say only God. That only God could do in your life. Amen. Please bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today, If you're not living right, you're not doing right, Jesus is not Lord of your life, I would hate for you to leave here that way. I have this song I go to when I'm by myself, and it's a simple lyric. It says, Zion is calling me to a higher place of praise. Zion is like another word for the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Some people say Jerusalem itself. But it's just saying that heaven is calling you. Heaven's calling each one of us. Jesus did not die to lose anybody, but each one of us has to make that choice. So if you're here today and you're not living right, you're not doing right, Jesus is not Lord of your life. You've never said yes to him, or maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you're like the prodigal son. You used to walk strong with God, but something happened, and now you've fallen out of that personal relationship. With every head bowed and every eye closed, when I count to three, if that's you and you want to be included in a prayer, asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins, to write your name in his book. If you'd like to be included in that prayer, when I count to three, just lift your hand. There's no requirement other than you believing. There's hands already going up. There's no requirement other than you believing on him that he died for you, that he rose victoriously from the grave, defeating death, hell, and the grave for you. So if that's you, there's already hands up. If that's you, when I count to three, lift your hand. One, two, three. Three, lift it now. I see that hand. 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 Is there anyone else? I see that hand. Holy Spirit says two more. I see that hand. There's one. Where's the other? There you are. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Is there anyone else? We're about to pray, but I'm not going to rush this right now. All right, here it is. If you lifted your hand or you wanted to, 
you're going to pray after me. But I don't want you talking like you're talking to me. I want you talking like you're talking to your very best friend. Because that's who Jesus wants to be. So when you say these words from the bottom of your heart, I want you pouring it out on him. The whole church is going to pray with us. That way we, we all pray together. Okay, let's pray. Everybody say this. Say, Dear God, I come to you now. And I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. My sins have been washed away. And I'm a new creature. I'm not what I was. I'm new in Jesus. Amen, amen. Give God a big hand clap of praise. You said yes to Jesus. Let me just say this. Christians do a few things. Number one, Christians pray. If you don't know how to pray, talk to God like you're talking to your best friend because that's what he wants to be. Number two, Christians read their Bible. If you don't have a Bible, get you one on your, your iPad or your phone. And if you'd like a paper one, we're happy to give you one stop by the tent after service. Number three, Christians go to church. The reason we go to church is because iron sharpens irons. Iron. Every light bulb, every musical instrument, everything in this building is here to love people and point them to Christ. So when you come to this building, what happens is your faith gets rebuilt. What happens is your faith gets invigorated and now you're going through the week being filled with faith instead of being filled with doubt and concern and all those other things that just stick on us. See, isn't it interesting? When you plant a garden, you don't have to plant the weeds. They just grow. So all that other stuff's going to be there. What we have to do is we got to get back to the place that pulls the weeds and plants what we want to grow. So... Uh, Christians go to church. So if you live within 100 miles of right here and you just gave your heart to Jesus, welcome to New Heights Church. Welcome home. We're glad to have you. One last thing before we close. The Bible says those that are planted in the house of God and the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Anything that grows has to first be planted. We have new members classes, but sometimes because of scheduling, they can be difficult to get to. But if you're here today, and especially if you just gave your heart to Jesus, but if you're here today and you've never joined New Heights Church, but you want to, you say, man, preacher, I feel the presence of God when you're talking. When that worship team is playing, I sense the presence of God. Everybody was so nice to me from the parking lot all the way. I know this is the place for me. We want you to go through our new members class, but I would hate for you to not be able to get planted initially. So if that's you, and you want to join New Heights Church today, I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. Uh, There's no requirement other than you just committing to love people and point them to Christ with us. If that's you, and you say, man, I really want to join this church. When I count to three, lift your hand and let us just tell you we love you. One, two, three. Lift your hands. Praise God, guys. Give her a hand. Anybody else? If that's you and you want to join the church today, even if you filled that little card out a hundred times, fill it out once more, drop it by the tent, and they'll get you all the information about being a member. Amen? Lift your hands. Let me pray a blessing on you. Father, bless your people coming in. Bless them going out. Bless them in the city and bless them in the field. As we commit to pray and fast today, Lord, would you recalibrate what's important to us? Would you unlock our calling, drive the devil out of our life, and ensure that heaven's answers get to us 
As we commit, Lord God, to remove what you'd like us to remove from our life. As we commit to believe you for big things. And as we commit to seek you for what role you'd have us to play here at New Heights. We just give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.